0: The gospel of Mark. Mm-hmm. Have you found chapter four? Because mm-hmm. that's where you need to go. And um, I've been given pretty much all of chapter four this week, and I stand absolutely no chance of getting anywhere through uh, that much. So I'm not even going to try. But we will read the first part. And in this part of Mark's gospel, what we get to are some stories, or we call parables, stories that Jesus told, stories with a point. Not just a nice story to hear, but one that has a point and an application that Jesus wants us to hear and to understand. Stories are great at getting under people's skin, catching them off guard, and landing a spiritual truth. N.T. Wright says this about stories, he says, stories are actually peculiarly good at modifying or subverting other stories and their worldviews. Where head on attack would certainly fail, the parable hides the wisdom of the serpent behind the innocence of the dove, gaining entrance and favour, which can then be used to change assumptions which the hearer would otherwise keep hidden away for safety. Great quote, isn't it? So when we read these parables, when we read these stories, that is what is going on. Jesus is seeking to get under the skin of his listeners to change worldview, to make a spiritual point, to apply something. So we need to read it, ask the question, Lord, what are you teaching us here? What are you trying to say? As you know, in many cultures in the world, storytelling is how you communicate truth. A lot of oral cultures, it is by telling stories that you communicate truth about something. And we've got three stories or parables here. We're only going to, I think, probably look at the first one. And we're going to look at together the parable of the sower. So if you find Mark chapter 4, this is where I need like a third hand, that will make most of this. Mark 4, and we'll read the first nine verses together. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables and in his teaching said, listen, here's a story starting, okay? Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and produced a crop, some multiplying thirty, some sixty, some a hundred times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And you hear the story, you're thinking, well, Lord, what point are you trying to make here? You've just told us a story about a farmer. What is it that you're wanting to say to us? Well, let's pray, and then we'll ask that question, and see what Jesus gives us the answer. Father, we want to thank you for your words. Thank you for what is recorded for us. And Jesus, as we look at this parable you hold, we pray that you would help us not just understand it, but understand what it means for each of us in our lives, and what you're saying to us about it. Give us this morning ears to hear, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So remember, Jesus is speaking to largely an agricultural community. They would have understood what it means to sow seed, and they would have understood in their minds immediately how that happens and uh, what results that you might get. And we're told that the farmer goes out to sow his seed, and one of four things happen. The seed falls in one of four places, either on the path, on the rocky ground, amongst thorns, or in good soil. That's where it goes. And so you might think, well, Jesus, that's a nice story, but what's the point you're trying to make here? What do you want to teach us? Well, fortunately, Jesus gives us that answer. We don't need to try and make it up because Scripture records it for us. Verse 10 says this When he was alone, the twelve and others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How, then, will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seeds, sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life and deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some a 100 times what was sown. So Jesus now explains the story, the parable that he's just told. And he explains that the farmer goes out to sow his seed, and this, one of these things, four things happen. And the seed here is the word of God, it's the gospel, it's the good news that Jesus is going around proclaiming. And so to start with, we've got here the farmer, now on the plane to Cyprus this week, uh, I downloaded a couple of uh, heavyweight theological, challenging programmes to stimulate my mind on the journey, and the first one of these was Clarkson's Farm on Amazon. I've seen it. I've not heard about it. I'll watch an episode or two. It's quite funny. you uh, seen it. You'll know that Jerry Clarkson turns his hand not to driving cars but to farming on the uh, the, the farm that that he's bought. Quite entertaining and in the first episode which is the one that i watched on the, on the way out he sows some seed into the ground that's interesting because that's what i'm preaching on he buys a tractor to do it a lamborghini obviously because like, that's what you get isn't it apparently um, i don't know much about tractors but that's what he bought and um, he found that it was too big for the job but that's a whole other discussion but you've got in in, the, in his program a modern day farmer well, no. Let me rephrase that. You've got someone trying to be a modern-day farmer, and sowing seed in the grounds. In our story here, we've probably got a farmer who is, let's say, a little more experienced and a little more wise about how to go about his craft. But he's not sowing seed by using a tractor. He's sowing it by hand. It's like he's probably got a bag of seed and he's walking up and down his field and sowing seed as he goes, up and down, up and down. Seed from the bag, out he's sowing it into the grounds. There's no sort of machinery going on here. It's not, you know, there's not some tractor going up and down. It's something that he is doing personally. It's unlikely that the ground even had been ploughed before the seed was sown. In Eastern culture, that was often ploughed after the seed was sown rather than before. But it's interesting that he's going up and down. He's sowing his seed, but what he's doing is not paying too much attention to where the seed lands. His job is just to sow it and to do it quite liberally and to sow the seed as he goes up and down his field. It's not like he's getting a few seeds and carefully planting them in the ground in some backbreaking way, but rather he's taking probably handfuls and, and just sowing it as he goes. I think even that picture has something to teach us about what we do with the gospel of the word of God. The farmer is sowing generously, it lands in all sorts of places, but he's not so fussed about that at this point in time. What he's doing right now is sowing generously. And so the question for us is, what about our sowing of the Word of God? Do we sow generously, or do we try and work out exactly where to place it, like you might place one or two seeds in your garden? Or are you generously sowing the Word of God, the good news of the gospel, and just see where it might land, and who might ask questions about it. <coughs> Interesting, the farmer is sowing the seed, expecting some to land well and expecting a crop. I wonder when you talk about the gospel, when you talk about Jesus, do you expect there to be a response? Do you expect some of your sowing to land in a heart that's ready? I think, if I'm honest with you, I think too often in conversations we can think, I'm not sure they're ready yet, or they seem so far away from God, I'm not even going to bother trying. Or you might think, i had conversations before and, you know, we haven't gone anywhere so I'm not going to bother trying again. And we sort of, we we write things off or write people off rather than so generously and liberally and let God worry. About where it lands and how it has <coughs> fruits. The reality is that we are carriers of the good news of the gospel on we? We've got that in our heart. God calls us to sow it liberally to others. And sometimes we can think, oh, is there enough to go around? Yes, there's plenty. There is plenty. And He calls us, I believe, to sow liberally, like this, so generously, like this farmer here. I wonder, like are you a generous sower of the seed of the gospel? You know, it's up to the Holy Spirit at work in people's lives whether they respond or not. It. It's not up to you anyway. Your job isn't to make somebody respond, not that you could do that anyway. That's his job, not yours. Your job is to sow the seed. Your job is to sow the seed generously and let the Holy Spirit worry about exactly where it's landing and who's worthy to respond. The reality is in your conversations you don't know exactly where people are at on their spiritual journey. You don't know who the Holy Spirit is working in, you don't know the questions that they're asking in their heart, but he does. Your job is not to worry about that, your job is to sow the seed. Generously. The danger here is we can sit back and go, oh well, you know, I'm not sure I can, you know, decide the outcome anyway, so there's no point. That's not the response that God is looking for. The response that He's looking for is to sow the seed, generously. So let me ask you, are you a generous sower of the seed of the gospel? Or do you try and sort of, you know, get all the questions answered before you even put your hand in the bag? The farmer sowed the seed generously. And he expected some fruits. but he knew that not all the seed was going to bear fruit. Some of it landed in different places. We'll look at that in a minute. But let me ask you, just before we do that, what are you doing to sow the seed of the gospel in the lives of people around you? Are you listening for those opportunities, looking for those conversations? Ready to take the seed of the gospel and to sow a bit and just to see what God might do? The seed falls in a number of places. We've got four that, are, that Jesus tells us about here. Some seed falls on the path. Verse 15. Some people like seed on the path where the word is sung. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sung in them. As soon as it lands, it's taken away. It's like they're falling it's falling a hard path. And it's not got through. That's for like the people that immediately say no to an invitation to I don't know, an alpha call sort of candle service or something. You might feel like oh it's like a hard path But listen, you know what paths have got? Parts have got cracks and most people have got cracks as well. Most people have got a way in. You might not know what it is and that's okay because you don't really need to know. It's the Holy Spirit's job. Your job is to keep sowing the seed. But even in a path, some seed every now and then gets in because most paths have got cracks. It's not that you go looking for a weakness, but it's the reality is that most people, at some point in their life, even if they think they're like a hard path, there'll be a crack. There'll be some challenge, some unexpected circumstance, some difficulty. And it's in that moment that suddenly some seed starts to sprout to Your job is not to go looking for that, your job is just to do the sowing And they have the Holy Spirit to do what only he can do. Some seed falls on rocky places. People hear the word and at once receive it with joy, Jesus says. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes, because of the word, they quickly fall away. Some people do indeed make a response to the gospel, sometimes quite quickly. You know, that's 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 so good but that's as far as it goes, then there's no investment in that. There's no root that takes hold. Maybe they've put their hand up in a meeting or come to an Alpha course or said, you know, prayed a prayer of commitment. And Jesus said they have received the word with joy, and maybe there was much joy, but without root, they won't stand the test at all. The same is true in the plant, isn't it? It needs to... <coughs> have a root to it, otherwise when that weather, winds, and that can't get blown away. same is true with the Word of God. It needs to have root, so that when persecution and trouble comes, there's some depth there. It doesn't just get blown away. So let me ask you, I'm going quite quick here because of time, but let me ask you, what are you doing to ensure that there is a root in your life? Not as the person that you're going to sow some seed to, but what about your life? What are you doing to ensure there's some root there? How are your roots? I'll give you a clue. It's the basics. Things like reading God's Word, praying, worshipping, meeting with other believers. It's not things that you haven't heard of. It's it's the fundamentals to what it means to follow Jesus. And it's not that If you don't do that, you can't follow Jesus. It's just that if you do do that, that's how you follow Jesus, and you can encourage one another in the journey. It's how you get some roots in your life. Some seed falls amongst thorns, Jesus says. People hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. And this seed starts off well. You think, oh, this is going well. There's some root being taken hold of, and the seed's beginning to germinate, and there's some, there's some fruit They You think, oh, this is, this is going good. But then the thorns take over. Maybe the thorns were there already, maybe they're new. But the trouble with thorns and weeds is they suck the life out of other plants. And the goodness that should be for the seed that you're planting is sucked away by the thorns and the weeds. Now for the new Christian, there's much to watch for here. I think it's one of the most dangerous, actually. It can look like everything's going well, it can look like it's all good, then the thorns come. Things like worries, things like deceitfulness of wealth. Things like desires for other things. These thoughts can knock you off track. These thoughts suck the life out of your relationship with God. So in your own life, watch out for thoughts. Have other people that you know and love and respect who can speak into your life and suck you up and see a thorn begin to come through there. We need that, don't we? Don't always put it yourself. But we need others around us who can help us in the journey. And then finally, Jesus tells us that some seed falls on good soil. Hallelujah. Others, like seed, sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some a 100 times what was sown. So this is good soil. And this is maybe a life that is hungry for meeting Jesus. A life and a heart that is ready to accept the good news of the gospel. And in that soil, the seed of the gospel grows. That's life around us, isn't it? Healthy things grow. As we plant things, if they're healthy, we tend to them in the garden. We expect them to grow. That's not unusual. What Jesus says here is we can expect in good soil a, a return of maybe 30, 60, perhaps even a hundred times. What was sown? A good harvest. It is a good harvest, isn't it? But remember this farmer? He was just doing the sowing bit. In the sowing bit, he wasn't so worried about where it was landing and what the the final result would be, because he knew that some of it would land in good soil, some of it may land in other places, but he knew and expected a crop from the good soil. I wonder for us, do we expect a crop? Do we expect to see a result from the gospel? Interesting this week, just being with some believers from other nations, in some different spiritual climates, perhaps to us, wonderful stories of people responding to the gospel. Sometimes you can get into a position, can't you, where you think, oh, I've just tried so many times, and it doesn't seem to have landed. You can get a bit jaded with it, and maybe even despondent. What Jesus says here is that we should expect to see fruit. We should expect to see some growth from the seed of the gospel. We should expect some of it to land well and to grow. Now we could say lots more about the, the other stories that Jesus tells you. I've got lots I could say, but we're out of time, so I can't on this occasion. But as we begin to approach the Christmas period, I don't know how many days it is left to Christmas. Maybe some of you know, don't scare me with it. But as we approach that Christmas, that Christmas period, we approach, even in our very post-Christian secular nation, lots of talk about a Christian festival. As we as a church have things <coughs> like a carol service and <coughs> <coughs> I want to challenge us this morning, I want to challenge you this morning, what are you doing to sow some seed over these next few weeks? What can you do to sow the seed of the gospel over these next few weeks and expect some of it to land in soil that's ready? Do you expect some of it to land in hearts that might say, yes, I'd like to know more, or Yes, I might come to that. Or, yeah, can you tell me more about this? I want to challenge you this morning to have that faith and expectation that our father in the story had that some seed will land in good soil. And as it does, there will be fruit, a crop, maybe 30, 16, or perhaps even 100 times what was sown. But your job, my job, over these next few weeks, is to do the sowing, to scatter some seed, and to see what God might do. You up for that? I want to pray now. I want the Holy. I want to ask the Holy Spirit to come and speak to us, and encourage us in our seed sowing, but also speak to each of us to give us some strategies that our seeds are. You know, where is it that he wants us to go? What environment do you want us to speak into? Who is it that he wants us to sow some seed with? So I want to encourage you just to expect God to speak to you in these moments as we pray to you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this parable that you told this farmer sowing some seeds. Some landed in tricky places, but some landed in good soil where there was a harvest that could be expected. As Lord, as we translate that to our own world and life and experience, I want to pray right now that you would increase faith for us, that the seed of the gospel will bear fruit. Lord, where we've got sometimes dejected, sometimes we've been rejected. I wanna pray, Lord, that you would, this morning, give fresh faith that the gospel can bear fruit. And I then pray that you would speak to each of us right now, that you would give us both people and strategies, situations and places where you want us to be sowing some seed sign the seed of the gospel over these next few weeks. God, will you speak to us, please? It's in these moments of quiet. Holy Spirit, would you just whisper into our hearts Would we hear from you afresh right now? lord we pray that you would help us over the coming weeks to be those who generously sow the seed of the gospel and expect there to be fruit. help us with it give us faith for it lord and bless us and we seek to be obedient to you we pray in jesus name amen amen, amen. amen.